I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Hey, oh, and, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, and, and Vince is yelling at me, God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. So much ground to cover. There's been so much news since we last left you, and it continues to break. It'd be a huge deal. But I want to start with your experience with the All Elite Wrestling Dinamito Show happening at uh, the Bojangles Arena in uh, Bojangles Coliseum, rather, in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I think that's the place where I saw you two on the Zoo TV tour in 1991. I believe that's where I saw them. Wow. This was so that long place ago. Really not big. It's not. This was the. This was so amazing. Is that the old Charlotte Coliseum, or did they yeah, carry it down? The, yeah, that's the one that looks like Dorton Arena. It's like a UFO. That's the place. Like, that's the place yeah. where I saw them. And this was how long ago it was. They were. It was 1991, and they go. Edge has this amazing setup where he's got this effects pedal, and all of the songs effects. Every song's effect. All he's got to do is hit a button. And it's like, here's, here's, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Here's bullet, the blue sky. Here's weather without you. And that's, I mean, that's how, and now it's like, that's like the most, the basic technology. But in 1991, it was like, oh my God, it's from another planet. <laughs> from the future that come down and they built this thing. He can just tap on it and get every effect he needs. You don't have to like do this and do this and hit the delay here and uh, put this, but you don't have to do all that stuff. It's all built in. It's all the computer it's like, does it. Yeah, what does he do now? I mean, what I mean, what that, that's been what thirty years ago. So it has been, yes, of course. Damn. Uh, so you pulled up to the Bojangles Coliseum and you were ready for a good night of dynamite. Good crowd. Were there people where you were like rolling your eyes? Did you see anyone you recognized? Uh, no, I did not see anyone I recognized. Uh, the crowd was cool. Right. Uh, we sat around some mostly good people. I mean. I texted you and told you that the guy beside of me was just so invading my space that it was really driving me nuts at some, at one point, but he was a nice guy. I felt yeah. bad getting upset about it, but damn, after a while, it's just, Oh, but, but yeah, everything was nice. Um, man, even Google maps took me right into the back part of the Coliseum where there was no line nice. at all. I mean, we bypassed the whole line getting in the front part of the Coliseum, the Marina. Nice. Uh, the line was huge to get in long as hell, uh, but it moved nicely. It was, I think Chick-fil-A gave these people some, uh, pointers or something on how to get things done because <laughs> that shit rolled right along, man. It really was, it was amazing almost, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, I will say the only thing I have to say that was off the top of my head that, that I, that I was disappointed with, I guess, not really pissed off about, but I was disappointed in was their merch table. It what was, was uh, what was disappointing? It was sad. Yeah. Well, it was just it was nobody there. It was all just AEW stuff. It was just wow. a blue AEW shirt. You know the typical logo. You know right. that they got uh, a black one. Uh, I don't even think they had a white one. And then uh, they had a couple of different uh, fight for the fallen shirts, which was what was going on that night at Charlotte. And I was there thing. You know. Um, and then they had stickers and hats and shit with the same stuff, but there was no individual wrestler on there at their tables at all. And I, and I walked around the whole place, um, to see if there was a, you know, like another merch to, cause this was like the main one when you walk in and that was it, man, that was all, I guess they just depend on people ordering stuff online nowadays. They just don't bother with that, but God dang, man, the people around that table, it was massive. It, it, it's not like they couldn't sell that shit. So I don't right. know what the deal is. When, but, you but yeah. sale, when you got point of sale opportunities, you should always take advantage of them for sure. Especially with no fans doubt, that are motivated man. to spend some money. Oh, I know. And, and I'll say this too. When, uh, when we came back out, they were that they were wiped out clean. I mean, they just had a, you know, a couple of odds and ends sitting around, but the, what they did have people snagged it up. So I don't know. I don't get it, but because I, I was going to get hopefully get a something cool for you and me, really. But they just didn't have it. But um, but I tell you what, dude, if you go to one of those a dynamite show, you better strap it on because you are watching wrestling for fucking six straight hours, dude. And it is just pop, 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 pop. 
I mean, the longest we had to wait were, were the commercials during Dynamite. Yeah. And and they weren't really, they didn't seem that long. And and Justin Roberts, whole new respect for that dude. Wow. He kept the crowd going. He was very, uh, uh, I don't know, pleasant, I guess. He was, he was, you know, he, he worked the crowd. He was really good. He didn't overdo it. You know, he didn't like Michael Buffer it and all that stuff. But, but he played with the crowd. He was pointing out people and talking about people's signs and shit. I mean, it was, it was, he was, I was impressed with him, man. I, I, I'll have to say, and, and same goes for, uh, Aubrey, uh, like during when, she, you know, when the ref comes out between matches and they go to a commercial and stuff and she's out, uh, bicker not bickering, uh, bantering with the fans and, and right. stuff. Cause they, you know, cause they obviously going to break out into the Aubrey chant. And um, so she just plays along with it and dances and stuff. So it, it, that that part was really cool, man. Um, that's just some off the top of my head stuff that I wanted to get out of the way before I forgot. So was there? What did they do first? They do some dark matches, or they do AEW yeah. dark, or what? What happened? Yeah, uh, started started at seven. Um, the for like forty five minutes they did AEW uh, dark. Um, the fuck is it? The, elevation. The, the elevation. Yeah. Uh, that was, I guess I've never really, I, I don't really know, but I, I'm, I'm going by what I saw that um, that's just God, like a dark light almost, you know, mm. I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I, I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was one after the other match. As soon as one match was over the, the damn, the ring entrance music for the next match started. I mean, it was just really bam, bam, bam. It, it was just amazing. Uh, but then dark was after the regular AW dark that, uh, they show on YouTube or whatever. Um, it started like 15 minutes, maybe after, uh, dynamite went off the air and that shit went on. We left. Whew, it was about close to midnight when we left and there, and we left during, we wanted to see Moxley in, enter the arena and everything. Right. So. He came in and once his match started, he was wrestling some jobber. I don't even know who the fuck it was. And uh uh there she is. Another good picture uh, of Aubrey. She's awesome, man. She, she really is, is. Fantastic woman. Great, great referee, particularly compared to the other stiffs in that company. No doubt. And she uh, uh and uh and I think there was one more match after that, but we wanted to beat the traffic a little bit because shit, man, hardly anybody left after dynamite. Really? Practically everybody stayed for 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 dark. Well, I mean that, that Mox. We didn't get a we didn't get a dose of Mox. Everybody wanted to see him. Um, they had a couple of pretty good matches. You know, I forgot it, it all kind of ran together, but there was some good matches um, during the dark. And there was God, let's see, there was somebody else besides Mox. Oh, Kingston, Eddie Kingston was in. Uh, we didn't see him though. He was in the last match. We found out later that there was a, a match after Mox. We thought Moxley was the last match, but not. But, uh, but, but yeah, but uh, there was dark elevation, dynamite, and then dark. Uh, elevation featured Red Velvet defeating a local talent in the women's division singles match. Uh, Lee Johnson against Marcus Cross. Chris Statlander defeated Ashley Damboys. Yuka Sakazaki over Danny Jordan. Nick Camarada over, dude. Yuka was. Y Yuka, what, really? Okay. Big time. Uh, Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo over two local talents. Uh, Darby Allen defeated Bear Bronson. That was a W Dark Elevation. And Dark was best friends. Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor over the wingman. Yuta was over. Yuta big time? Yeah. Not not as much as uh, Yuka, but he was over. He got some Yuta chance for sure. Pack over Jack Evans. That was a good match. Lovely and talented Tay Conti over Kenzie Page. Oh, women's yes. division. Yeah, there you go. Goodness. And now the come down. Close and personal with that stuff. Uh, the ever-popular Sean Spears with Wardlow. They are called the pinnacle, defeating Fuego del Sol and Sean Dean in a tag team match. Fuego del Sol was over, too. He uh, was he, another kind of under-the-radar dude. Hikaru Shida over Matty yes. Max. The, the great Matty Max, uh, who we've seen a few times. and whose father Yeah, used to, we did. Her father used to be a... Huge critic of the Brad and Brit cast. I'll tell you this, when Rush Limbaugh died and we made fun of Rush Limbaugh back on February the 17th, her dad showed back up on our fa our YouTube, our Facebook page telling us we were awful all over again. <laughs> <laughs> he always loved the idea. Uh, he, courage, brother. 
he always loved the idea that um, Sam always loved the idea that that Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern were born on the same day. He, he loved that they had the same birthday, so that was always a big deal to Sam. And um, I, you know, I've I've seen I think Bruce and I saw one of Maddie's first matches. She hadn't been wrestling very long at all on that Memorial Day show at Johnny and June's in Winston Salem. God, four oh, years yeah, ago, wow. five years ago, whenever that was. Uh, Lucha Brothers, Penta El Zero, Miedo, and Ray Phoenix defeating the Chaos Project. Any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was a good match, but nothing stands out. Uh, the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, Matt Hardy and the Blade defeating Max Caster. You're good. He's over. Well, his uh, his his little uh, SmackDown, his little John Cena throwdown rap shit that he you know. Oh does yeah, he's the match. He's fun on that. He matched. He 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 rhymed Carolina with uh, or North Carolina, of course, North Carolina with Penelope uh, Ford's vagina. <laughs> well, that's worth watching right there. That's, that's the crowd. After right he there. said it, the crowd's like, Oh, I can't believe he said that. It was the acclaimed Matt Hardy and the blade over Matt Seidel, Mike Seidel and the varsity blondes. That was an eight man tag team match. Uh, Can I just reminds- say this real fast? Yeah. Yeah. The, another thing that I was, I don't know what the word is disappointed. No, uh, just like, I don't know. It is Matt Hardy. It is North Carolina. I get it. Yeah, but man, we saw him a million times. It seemed like that night because you know th- th- it was him, and then it was another member of the family, and then another member of the family, and then another member of the family, and then them again. You know, it was just it was every other every fifteen minutes we're seeing Matt Hardy out there, and it was just that was a little okay, but I guess it could have been worse. But yeah. that was something we noted. Uh, Layla Hirsch defeating Diamante in a women's singles match. There's Moxley over a local talent. Was doing it? Was it Skyler? Who was it? It wasn't Skyler. It looked like uh, some big, tall dude, like a, one of those bear guys, but it wasn't one of those bear guys. Gotcha. But that's kind of the size of him and had a beard and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. There was was there any appearance from Skyler at all? I didn't see him. Oh, he's been no. his impact stuff. Uh, Penelope over Rika Tahaka in a uh, women's division single match. Eddie Kingston defeating Dante Martin in a singles match. You're right. That is a lot of wrestling to see in uh, the Dynamite Sandwich before and after the show. It all does, dude. It just it really kind of runs together. It just if I if you say when you're asking me those questions, I have to sit here and think for a second, right? You know what's going on, but but I'm not. I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that was a good thing. And now we begin the real show, which is AEW Dynamite. If it wins there, you know what that means. There it is. <laughs> it was a nice, um, nice package to start things up with a nice voiceover on Adam Page coming to the ring as it was uh, Adam Page opening up Dinamito, Hangman Page, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus the Elite, Kenny Omega. Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallo starting out with a little basketball and doing the Space Jam theme with their uniforms. They are in North Carolina. Kenny Omega says the whole thing about North Carolina comes from the Michael Jordan introduction that that Ray guy used to do before the Chicago Bulls games. So uh, it was uh, that's how we started Dimita. And the stipulation is that Paige won't get an AEW title shot if his team loses, but he will get an AEW title shot. And the Dark Order will get an AW tag title shot if they are victorious. Don Fallis is what we're calling him these days. Don Fallis sat in on commentary. And uh, through everything, the Elite defeats Hangman Page in Dark Order. 25 minutes and 35 seconds in an elimination match when Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson were the survivors. 25 minutes, 35 seconds. And the Bucks, as executive vice presidents, put the... Sells over in the very first segment, leaving no time for anyone to do shit the rest of the show, Brian. <laughs> yeah, basically how it went there. Um, yeah, they they were, you know, they, I guess they were funny a couple of times. But mm-hmm. when I when I almost laughed at their stuff, I, I start thinking about how they are, <laughs> why they seem. And, yeah. the, and it's just all of a sudden not funny anymore, you know. So um, I didn't laugh. But they, but they tried, and I don't know. I, I just, 
I, like, I, I was glad I got to see Omega live. I, that, that was one thing that was kind of on my list of shit. You know, I wanted to at least see him live. I, I, of course, I didn't get the Omega that you love and adore. Right. It's too bad you couldn't have seen the real Kenny Omega back in 2017. Yeah. But, but uh, I'll take what I can get. But but it, that was a pretty good match. The crowd was definitely into that. Um, I think the crowd was really fucking shocked when they lost because they're like, wow, there goes his shot. You know, there goes Adam Page's shot or Adam, yeah, Adam Page's shot. Yeah. He's done. And, he apparently just that's, shot. and I think that's the that's what's going on. I think that they're going for um, I forgot who somebody else coming for. Omega now, uh, like Christian Cage or some, I don't oh, know, but, but they're putting Page back. Apparently, I may be wrong. I just said Christian Cage. I don't know. I don't it really could be remember. right, though. That sounds right. It, God dang it. It might be. I, I just don't remember. But but for whatever reason, they're putting the Page thing back on um, back on the back burner, apparently. Backstage, Alex Marvez stood with Pac, said he was supposed to interview the Death Triangle, but they weren't there. Pac said an anonymous individual canceled Penta El Zero, Miedo, and Ray Phoenix's car. Andrade, El Idalo, and Chavo Guerrero Jr. showed up. Chavo spoke about sending a limo for Penta and Phoenix. Then Andrade spoke about having style. Is this the first time that Alex Marvez has interviewed someone without them having the shit beaten out of them in a while? I believe, you, I believe you're right, yes. I think this is good. Good job. We're on a good trend. Taz yeah. stood on a Team Taz podium, introduced Ricky Starks for the FTW title celebration. That's right. Complete with a Dixieland jazz band playing when the Saints go marching in. Brian Cage interrupts. And at that point, uh, Ricky Starks throws a bouquet of roses in his face. Uh, Brian Cage takes a mini bump, and we're done with that segment. That must have been super exciting for the live crowd in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was over at the beginning, but then uh, Starks went on a little bit too long, and God. the crowd started started foaming at the mouth a little bit. But I think Cage came in right at the right at, right before it got crazy. He got That's what it seemed like. He got wanted a little bit, but he was able to doing the what? Which is, I mean, God, in 2021, that is so funny, guys. That is like the most hilarious thing you can do at a wrestling show. Please never stop doing that. It's it's quite annoying, yes. It's like the funniest thing ever. A Hiroshi Tanahashi video aired. He said the IWGP US Heavyweight title has a certain charm to it. He's won a lot of titles in his career, but he's never held the IWGP US title. Tanahashi said he would challenge. The winner of tonight's title title match and take the title. How did this go over live? Uh, I was surprised at, at how many, what kind of pop it got. But yeah, it, it was it was good. Uh, crowd knew who he was for sure. Tanahashi is uh, all the worker that Kenny Omega used to be. Uh, Santana and Ortiz versus FTR Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. This Ooh. was a very interesting match. It did not end exactly the way we wanted to. Let's see how many minutes we went in this one because they did have to cut it short uh it was the it was uh dax harwood and cash wheeler winning this match was notable because there was an injury um and it was cash wheeler taking a bump on the outside on top of the the post and he cuts his arm he immediately rolls to the outside they go for a quick finish um i the up there's not been a lot of updates i don't know if he's going to be able to continue a lot i think he just got a bunch of stitches the Cornette theory on this is that Tony Khan, the poor little rich boy, got one of those shitty rings from high spots. And the posts on the side, which extend, I don't know, all the way to the floor, so they're 8, 10 feet, whatever they are, they are mm. hollow. They have very sharp ends and corners. And what you're supposed to do is to put a cap, a plastic cap on the end of it so that the boys don't slice open their fucking arms, which is what happened here. Or... Alternately, you're supposed to file them down so that they're not sharp. He is positing that that's what happened, is that Cash Wheeler on on that post, which was neither file, filed down or capped, uh, cut himself open pretty badly and, of course, had a, had a bunch of stitches. And Again, we don't know exactly the extent of that. It did not look like the regular AEW ring that we've seen in Jacksonville, and Cornette was very negative toward high spots. Saying that he and he's got some experience in this when he checked them out. They have very cheap rings and they have rings that hurt people. And it makes complete sense that Tony Khan would not do his due diligence and put his workers in harm's way with something like this. Uh, your thoughts on uh, that uh, match, which had to be cut short? Um, okay, a few thoughts. Uh, first of all, I was a little 
disappointed and a little shocked at the same time that FTW did not get the pops that I thought they would, or pop that I thought they would get coming in being North Carolina boys. Now they did get some cheers and pops. They, I'm not saying they didn't, but I thought it would be mm, closer to like a Darby Allen, right. Orange Cassidy kind of a pop, but it, it wasn't. Matter of fact, I would as go. I would go as far as to say that uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz maybe got a bigger pop, at least at least as big as FTW. But uh, it, I don't know. I was just a little, like I said, a little shocked, a little surprised. But um, I couldn't see. I think that happened on the opposite side of where I was sitting, and I really couldn't see at all. What what you probably had a better advantage watch it on tv right uh because of where it was but from what you're describing that's what it sounds like it, it makes sense because i don't know what else would have been over there to fucking cut his arm right. you know was were you immediately uh, aware live that there was a real problem no you didn't you didn't know no no matter of fact i didn't know until way after the fact after i got home and read about it it was I, they they pulled it off well from what i could see the, and nobody the, was talking about it around, you know, everybody, was, you know, all around us, nobody was saying anything about it. So I, apparently they were in the dark too. Once you go, once you know what you're looking at and you go back and see it, they don't do the X symbol as WWE has done for years. If there's a problem, the referee does immediately start waving guys down to help him. And that's when it, he just rolls out of the ring and they start putting some direct pressure on it. And then, um, you know, Dax is in the ring by himself trying to finish it off. They do a mm -hmm. decent job of trying to finish it off. Conan wasn't selling anything and Tully wasn't selling anything. And they eventually just go home. It was still a, a good match, but uh, again, he sliced himself up. It looked like a pretty nasty cut. Yeah. It, it, I, I, from what I saw afterwards too, it, it did look pretty bad. I was, I was, I was, I was stunned that no more people knew about it. I, I'm sure the people down near the ring and on that yeah. side of the ring saw it. Uh, but it was, we were we were just blocked i guess couldn't see it but, they but yeah it, I, you couldn't tell by the by, by the the actions in the ring you know like i didn't see anything that that told me that it was cut short for any reason it, they they pulled it off really good uh they immediately goes backstage for tony skiavone he's interviewed shit taker bm me and rebel baker boasted that she tapped out nyla rose despite having a broken wrist she said those who were holding their breath while waiting for a fail would suffocate an AEW Rampage ad aired for the August 13th premiere. Tony then stood on the stage and announced the AEW Rampage. The first dance would come to Chicago's United Center August the 20th. Tickets on sale on Monday. Were there CM Punk chants within the arena? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. It was a big deal. Was it? Were they very loud CM Punk chants? Uh, it didn't last very long. I mean, it didn't last all night or anything, but anytime there was some sort of reference like the, I'm sure I'm not going to spoil it, what you'll say later uh, <laughs> about Darby Allen, but uh, that particular one, yes, it did get a CM Punk chant for sure. When he mentioned Chicago, it was like a, Ooh, at first. And then a CM Punk, CM, you know, one of those, but, but yeah, for sure. Backstage, Alex Marvez interviewing Sting and Darby Allen mentioning the Chicago show to, to them. I'll be in Chicago, Allen said without enthusiasm. He's been around a lot of men who claim to be the greatest. There's only one place to prove that right here in AEW. Allen said, even if you are, you think you are the best in the world. Two segments with Alex Marvez with no one having the shit beat out of them, Brian. I don't think anybody's happier about that than Alex Marvez. Maybe. Another guy who certainly could be fired so we can cut payroll and for a little more money for Adam Cole, baby. More on that later. Interests for the IWGP U.S. Championship match took place. While Jim Ross said, that's compelling information. That's compelling information, I would say. By God, CM Punk doesn't have a family. That's what he said. Regarding the previous segment. Can't wait to get back to Chicago. It's one of my favorite towns. Uh, King Haku. It's good to see Ming. I bet you popped like a mother when you saw oh me. yeah hell that yeah was that was awesome yeah yep. i love seeing me haku lance His archer versus is a, is a stud dude he's a six eight six ten this kid is right yeah i mean he's toe-to-toe -to -toe with goddamn murder hawk uh lance art lance archer versus hiko leo with king haku and they did the spot where 
Uh, Ming beats the shit out of somebody, so that worked out pretty well. Uh, so the winner, of course, in this particular one was Lance Archer. He retains his IWGP U.S. championship, so I suppose that means uh, he's got a date with um, Tanahashi at some point in time unless somebody gets the title between now and then. Alex Marvez. And Alex Marvez and our streak is over. Interviewing Cody Rhodes, who was seated next to Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan at the gorilla position. So much is happening in our world, Cody said, before he was attacked by Malachi. (laughs) And guess who got the pop in that one? Uh, Isn't it? Now, this is weird. Is Cody really getting booed live? Yeah. He did in Charlotte. For damn sure. shit. Sure what do you have, think? That, what do you think did. that's about? What, what would you posit that that's about? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you could say it's the stuff that we say that we get stay on, like the Bucks and, and Omega about, but nobody's booing them, so I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they boo. They no, no, let me let me straight let me make myself clear on that. They right. booed them against Adam Page. They booed Omega and the Bucks yeah. against Adam Page. Right. But they don't get the get the hell out of my face booze like Cody was getting. Yeah, the white heat. They were getting the white heat there. No, no, the, yes. The, yes. The, the X-Pac heat. The X-Pac heat. That's exactly what it was. Uh, they fought under the stage. Black was knocked down with an uppercut from the floor. Any, again, if you're if you're an AW super, I mean, they should make a bit out of that. Like anytime you see Alex Marvez, you're like, oh shit, what? Where? Look everywhere. Be funny. The wrestlers being interviewed saying, uh, "Excuse me, no, no offense, Alex, but can we get somebody else in here to interview me, please?" I, I, I don't. Anytime somebody talks to you, they get the shit beat out of them. So I don't want this to happen. Yeah, it's like a track record here. Black uh, stood over Rhodes and said, welcome to the house of Black. Several wrestlers ran out to help Black drop Fuego Del Sol with his Black Mask kick. A pre-taped Miro promo aired. He said no one can take his divine right. He said he's a simple man. and only things that motivate him are a vengeful God and a double-jointed wife. Hello. Uh, Miro said you can face him like a man and run away, but a glorious wrecking upon you either way. Any good reaction from the crowd on the Miro promo? Uh, not really. I mean, it was okay. Kind of, yeah, it it was a man. It was a man. He was there live too. So it was, I was kind of weird that they had a backstage one out and he was live. It's the Jurassic express with their good friend, Christian cage against Angelico, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy. Skiavones said he was handed a note that QT Marshall opted to wait to apologize next week when Skiavones family would be in attendance. Why wasn't he in attendance here? Does Lois have outstanding warrants in Charlotte? I don't Maybe. understand. You don't know. Maybe. Uh, Never know. Not with her. Tony kept acting like he was so happy to be back in Charlotte, and I assume that he's got one or oh, two friends. No, he... oh, that's good. I was I was wondering about that. I'm glad well, I think David. That. I think David Crockett is either on Dark or Dark Elevation. He makes some, yep. some guest he, commentary. He brought him out, and uh, the crowd went nuts, man. I was I was happy for that. I, you know what? You know what would pop. You would pop me if they would have had him out there together. This would have been like the Tony Khan jack off moment that I could have gone for. If David Crockett and, and Tony are on stage, welcome David Crockett. Look, Tony, look. If he would just said that, I would have like, <laughs> gone crazy and I would have popped and I would have been the biggest fucking mark in the world. And that's fine. Christian oh, Cage. It's Bob Collins' birthday today. It is Bob Collins' birthday. Yes, sir. Oh, Jim Valley, if you're listening. It's Bob yeah. Cottle's birthday today. Yeah, the curse of the Bob Cottle upon you, pal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus over on Helico, Mark Quinn, and Isaiah Kennedy. Did this match do anything live? Because it didn't do much on TV. Nah, I mean, yeah. you know, it had some spots, but it was the crowd went crazy for Jungle Boy. But good, you know what? what but you know, I was kind of expecting that. See, they have all. I mean, you have these talents. Jungle Boy's a breakout talent. I think Ricky Starks and I think MJF are all breakout talents, and they they buried almost MJF to the point where I can't remember the last time he wrestled on TV. Um, Ricky Starks, his big spot was throwing flowers at at Brian Cage, and <laughs> Jungle Boy, who's a massive babyface. You know, you, 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 I, I hope that he's still in the mix. I hope they're able to keep some of that heat with that guy. Yeah, man. It's like I said, you know. A few weeks ago, I, I hope that um, they do keep him on the burner, man, because I was hoping they would build him up for that match against Omega or whoever the champ would be at the time. 
And I don't know. I just I don't want him to get lost in the sauce here. Uh, I thought it had been so great, man, for him to like almost if they were going to have him do that and lose to Omega, you know, Jungle Boy lose to Omega, it would have been so great to have Luchasaurus turn on him to make him lose and then have him have a, uh, a, a you know, a, a thing with Luchasaurus for a few months and then to get him built up, you know, to get him built up again and go back. But I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't want him to Adam Page this shit. Mm, that's a good point. Um, the the turn with Luchasaurus is going to happen. You just have to do it at the most opportune time to make the most money. Yeah, that's, of the, course. Definitely, that, yeah. And doing a slow burn on that, I, I fully, uh, absolutely. See, they, they just hot shot all of this stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah. What, it's very interesting what happened this week. Mm-hmm. They promoted Nick Gage. Nick Gage was a detriment to their program. They did a fine number. WWE on Friday chose not to promote John Cena nor Sasha Banks, and they had a shit rating. They didn't do as well. How do you not promote that John Cena and Sasha Banks are going to be on your TV when you're on a nationally broadcast television show? And then on the other side, it's like, why it's do the you summer promote- of Cena? Come on. Why do you promote Nick Gage when he can't do fuck all for you? And more on that coming up. Excalibur set up a Nick Gage video package. Gage cut a promo about the pain he would put Chris Jericho through MDK all day. He concluded while holding up a pizza cutter. I believe we call that foreshadowing. Thunder Rosa against Julia Hart, and she pretty much guzzles the lovely, the talented Julia Hart. Thunder Rosa in four minutes. What did this match do for anything, Brian? First of all, I, I, I screwed up. It was Julia Hart's vagina, yes. not Penelope Ford. So right. just get that out of the way. Yes. Um, Julia Hart, who is hot, but not as hot as Penelope Ford. No, but, dude, she was in high school, like, Six months ago or something. Oh, I mean, oh that's sad. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, crowd went crazy for Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah. Julia Hart got a little bit of a pop, but they're just uh, Garrison and, and and Brian Pillman Jr. over there trying to to rally the troops, the the crowd around her. You know, it just wasn't working around Julia Hart, that is. I mean, they, they was just too much behind um, Thunder Rosa. Did the boys, did the diversity blonde seem to have some, some good crowd uh, reaction, good pop? Uh, no, but the, the, the one good pop they did have actually was during the commercial. Um, I think it was, it was either during a commercial or between matches one in dark. They pointed out that Griff Garrison's grandmother was in the crowd and she held a sign up that says, like I'm Griff Garrison's grandmother <clears throat> and Justin Roberts pointed up and, and, and showed, and she's waving and the crowd started going, grandma, grandma, grandma. Let's see if I can do the Justin uh, Roberts. I want to do the awesome. Justin Roberts, uh, imitation. It's Griff Garrison's grandmother. <laughs> That's about right. Oh, I did get to hear the Gia Moxley live. So Gia Moxley. There he goes. <laughs> I was laughing. My new, my new, um, my new imitation is Brian Last, the great Brian Last, <clears throat> who I hope we'll get to before the end of the show. Okay, ready? No, I, I gave mm-hmm. it to a little bit today. Okay, six oh five, the Super Podcast. Oh, uh, damn you. The broadcast team listed the following matches for next week's AEW homecoming. They're coming back to Jacksonville. It's been almost three weeks. A month. Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. Miro against Lee Johnson. Wow, what a rivalry Miro and Lee Johnson to build up. That is a, that's the hottest rivalry in wrestling as far as I'm concerned. That's God nice. almighty. Stand back, Boogie Woogie Man and Paul Jones. Miro and Lee Johnson are back in town. <laughs> nice. The Bunny versus Layla Hirsch in an Eliminator match with the winner getting an NWA women's title shot and Christian Cage against the Blade in a please try to stay awake match. <laughs> 
Uh, James Ross hyping the Jericho versus Gage main event with MJF commentary said they had no idea what would happen. I know what's going to happen. People are going to bleed and it's going to be a hog fest. John Moxley delivered a backstage promo. He said the last time people saw him, he was in a barbed wire. Hell, he said, that's okay. It's not what he was there to talk about. He vented about seeing the French and Croatian water polo teams get into Japan and he can't. He said the moment that he doesn't have the title, Tanahashi shows up on Dinamito with his stupid little ponytail. Moxley said, screw you, and said Tanahashi doesn't get to wrestle him. The forbidden door might be open, but ain't nothing good waiting for you on the other side. Chris Jericho wearing, wearing a black mask over his face while he entered to Judas. While the crowd sang along, he removed the mask to show his painmaker makeup. Nick Gage making the entrance to what sounded like for whom the bell tolls knockoff. MJF made his entrance with a bucket of popcorn. That was a good Justin Roberts. He represents that murder, death, kill gang. Nick Gage does that sort of thing. <laughs> Good God! Uh, this match uh, had some problems, and how did it go over life? I, I, I need. I haven't gone back and watched it on TV yet, but live it was just. It seemed like it moved very slowly. Um, I, I I don't know. It just I just wasn't into it. I, I got a couple of good shots that I, I sent you. Uh, one of them I sent you, but that was really about the the biggest thing I got out of it was just getting a pretty good camera shot of one of uh, the pizza cutter deals. But the match itself was just. I mean, you know how I feel about those fucking matches. I, I just, I don't like them, and I just, Here, I think it pizza, came off worse live than it would have on TV. Here's a pizza cutter. Here's some tacks. Here's some tubes, light tubes. Here's, you know, it's just the stupidest shit. This guy Nick Gage can't wrestle. He's his his whole. He can't work. He can't do anything. His claim to fame is that he doesn't mind bleeding or getting injured, and that's all that he does. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but that that's the facts, Jack. Uh. This is going to be a 13-minute match with Jericho winning, and he goes through. The next trial of Hercules or whatever the fuck it is, uh, he wrestles Juventud Guerrera, and Chris Jericho has to hit a move off the top rope to win. Was there a pop for Juventud Guerrera? Not really. Yeah. Uh, it was, I don't know. I, I guess it was like along the same lines of Miro. We're talking yeah. about that a second ago. Um, but not really. And I'm thinking... You know, I, I, I might have saved Nick Gage for like last or next to last if we're going levels of of pain and that sort of shit. I, I mean, that if that's what he's going for, it just didn't make sense to me. You're going from Nick Gage to Juventud Guerrera? Really? Yeah, it, does, it seems like it, you're like taking a step An back. An old Juventud Guerrera. It's like it's like watching a heavy metal band, then a guy with a banjo comes out, right? It's no kind of, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the most famous thing about this match, of course, is they have a very nice close up of him going with the pizza cutter on Jericho's forehead. They go to commercial, and it is a Domino's commercial. Domino's expressing their displeasure over having a bloody forehead with a pizza cutter placed right next to their product, which probably tastes about the same as Chris Jericho's forehead. Hey, hey, hey oh. Um, and then it's like, eh, we had news that the WWE knocked them out. The WWE knocked out AEW to Domino's. So then the Look, first of all, yes, Vince is lying when he says AEW is not competition. There, there's no question he's lying. He's he's not being truthful about that. And they are competent. The problem is not that WWE pointed out that somebody put a pizza cutter to somebody's forehead and drew blood right before a Domino's commercial. The problem is that Tony Khan is jacking off to indie bullshit and booked it in a main event on Dynamite for absolutely no reason to get nobody over, and it ended up fucking him. And that's the kind of shit that he does because he's inexperienced, he's a moron, and he's a dickhead with a big checkbook. He's he's basically Donald Trump Jr. minus the cocaine. That's Tony Khan. Don't you think though? Don't you think that if Nick Gage wasn't on dark dark side of the ring, 
that wouldn't have happened. Of course not. That, that whole Jericho thing. I mean, no, who the fuck knows who he was? That's all he he's is. doing is that's all he's doing is booking shit that he sees on dark side of the fucking ring. I'm, I'm surprised that they don't have Gene uh, LaBelle getting on there and making an appearance for something. I mean, that's all they do is, is do that shit. It's unbelievable. I mean, th- this is the Tony Khan horse shit. This is the, I'm not thinking things through. I don't know how it's going to work out. And in a corporate atmosphere where AT&T is like, you know, Domino spends like millions and millions of dollars. How about you not fuck that up, rich boy? I know you've got a big check and you and your dad are over there with the king of the bumpers and all this other, you- you've got the money-making operation of the National Football League. God, but doesn't got- it sound like that, doesn't that move though, doesn't it sound like a young buck's Kenny Omega type call almost. Sure. A hundred percent. Cause the, the inmates are running the asylum. The, there's no way he's going to say no to them. Cause he wants to be their pal. He wants to be their buddy. And so they do horse shit. That's really stupid. And it does, it, it has no effect on, on the card at all. And it ends up costing maybe them a, a supervisor or a, an advertiser, maybe getting them some heat with AT&T at a time when they don't need that. that mm. That's what I see. You can look yeah. at it any way you Don't want to, but that. There's, there's no need for that match to be on your TV show. There's no need for all that blood and all that bullshit to be on your TV show. It serves no purpose whatsoever. The seven labors of Hercules shit didn't need to happen, but we've gone down that road, and now we continue to go down that road, and we're up to week four now or whatever we're up to, and all you're doing is hurting your promotion, but, hey, you're having a good time. That's all that matters, right? I, apparently. I I just – I'm sitting here thinking – I can't – there's probably been some matches that have been accidentally bloody on on TV, on Raw and stuff, but I can't I can't remember a match that was intentionally that gruesome on regular TV and regular cable. And I can't I can't even begin to tell you when I, last time I saw something like that on regular cable, non pay per view type stuff. It's not, it's not helpful. And there's a reason that ECW didn't make it to the big time. And when they didn't make it to the network, they stopped all of it. They didn't have any of that shit when they were on TNN. Then none of that stuff happened. So it's just, Oh yeah. Yeah. They fucked it up completely. Um, but you know what? If you think about it, it's like as much wrestling as there was there that night, like I said, with all the darks and all that shit, if it was set up to where it was everything like Nick Gage shit from the beginning to the end, that would, God, that would just be the fucking worst i mean just it would just be the same shit from for six hours i mean it was kind of the same shit for six hours because it was wrestling of course but i'm talking about the the type of wrestling Mm -hmm. i can't look that would have just been horrible man how does how does tony khan not allow uh nick gage is the guy that needs his merch table set up in that arena selling his shit he needs the money more than anybody else i don't understand how that doesn't happen I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. I mean, it was amazing. Your thoughts on your final thoughts on uh, Dynamite, which you saw live. Um, like I said, man, you you definitely get your bang for you, for your buck in that motherfucker if you go to one. Um, that's too I, long. I, that's too long. It, a show. it, it is too mind. long a show. But actually, I did wear a mask, so. If it wasn't for the mask, I, I could have probably tolerated it a lot better. But, you know, after four or five hours in a mask, you, you're about ready to go, oh, cool. you know. And by the way, while I'm on that subject, i got to say this. When uh, I got back, I put together a little TikTok video, right, and just showed them a little synopsis of things as uh, from uh, the show and everything. And at the beginning, I show me with the mask on, yeah, with the TNT shit. Well, or with the crowd, not TNT shit. That was another right. one. But anyway, regardless, um, the first comment I get on TikTok is from this fucking dickhead. 20,000 people there, and you're the only one with the mask on. <laughs> No, motherfucker. There were more people than that with masks on. And, you know, I just, I don't know. They just pretty much just sum shit up. But where we are and as far as that goes in the country. But I just thought that was just telltale. My, bo- my body, my choice, motherfucker. And, and the Meth. whole point. Pe- people like Freedom, Brian. motherfucking patriots. 
people people like you and people like me who have been vaccinated, we're just doing this out of mercy for the idiots who haven't. They don't get the, that. We're the ones that can spread this it. shit to you, and you could die if we get it. Nothing happens. 0.08%. That's your number. That's the number of break. That's the percentage of breakthrough cases among people who've been vaxxed. 0.08%. Your chances of being hit by a helicopter crashing into your car on the way to work are higher. That's so true. Than it is. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. That, okay, so so are we at this point now to where? All right. First of all, there was no COVID. It was a big hoax, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Bullshit. Democrat oh. hoax. No, it's a Democrat hoax. Okay. So now we're we're past that. They've they've determined these same people that that thought it was a hoax now don't think it's a hoax. Yeah. But they don't want to do anything about it. No. So. And the and the vaccine vaccines a fraud. The vaccine doesn't do what it says. All all that shit. All of that horse shit. They're just clinging to the life raft. I, I, it's amazing, man. I, I just it, I, I just I, I get tired of talking about it. I guess, and I'm sure everybody else is too. But it's just it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. Nothing but hot takes as we finish up. Adam Cole, Bay Bay, reportedly a free agent after SummerSlam. Bryant, how is your territory doing? Well, your territory knows when people's <laughs> contracts end and what a 90-day non-compete looks like. Apparently, the WWE front office was surprised to find out that Adam Cole's contract was coming up soon, and he voluntarily said, hey, let's extend it till after SummerSlam. Then we can make some decisions. The front office, led by Nick Khan, who really has everything under control, doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. They're firing people that were coming back immediately, and now Adam Cole looks like he's going to be the hottest new free agent. Another one for Tony Khan to sign. What do you think? Um, I, I think it would be in Adam's Adam Cole's best interest to 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 go. I, I think that's pretty obvious to take a walk to to head over to AW. I mean, and I just I don't I don't see them doing anything to improve him or keep him hot if he does get moved up to the roster the main roster he'll never make it on the main roster he's too small he's Vince, too small there's their dream matches for him he and aj styles could could work a feud for at least a year and draw money at least it'll never but vince won't allow that to happen mm -mm, mm -mm. he just no. can't and he won't well you know the report was out and we talked about it a couple weeks or so ago about since this whole people being let go and the roster being trimmed down that 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 vince is Basically, just going for the for the Jackson Riker, <clears throat> big fucker type people, you know. Yeah, and the uh, little and dudes Bryan's are like Daniel Bryan's are back out the door again. Well, uh, in breaking news, Keith Lee actually won a match tonight. He decided not to bury Keith Lee on on his way back out. Now, see, this is uh, all right. Uh, let me say this. Yeah, fucking, they're just booking themselves into corners on this thing on this stuff all right they screwed up by letting well first of all carrying cross loses to jeff hardy okay that's first of all second of all he, they come in bring keith lee in push keith lee back okay well that's because he loses to carrying cross so carrying cross and keith lee come back again this time keith lee wins and so carrying cross now is made to look but you know I, what are they doing? What I mean, I don't. What are they, they doing with Carrying Cross? They don't know what they're doing, and they have and no Keith idea. Lee. They, they, have, they have no clue whatsoever. Uh, and I, I we'll go into this as a common theme. You can't keep stacking bodies on top of bodies like cord wood on freaking A and W A W. I think no they're going to get over. But that, you're right. Adam Cole's not going to do anything on the main roster, and he's done all he can do, and he's languishing in NXT. There's nothing more for him to prove. He and Gargano and Champa, they're 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 just swimming around in that fishbowl, and every three seconds they kind of forget where they were and think they're in a new place, but they can't do anything more with those guys than they've done. They just can't. Well, so, and Gargano, now that you mention it, he's not going to he won't do anything if they bring him up to the yeah. main roster. And Ky Kyle O'Reilly's pretty good. He's going to be in the same spot pretty pretty soon as well. Uh, he's pretty much done all he can do, and they're not going to do anything with him because of his body type. He's not a bigger guy. Yeah. All those undisputed truth people, 
You know, all those guys are just smaller dudes. The shot heard around the world. Bray Wyatt's release from World Wrestling Entertainment and Fightful is reporting that it was one of the most surprising in recent memory. And it turns out the locker room was hit hard. Reportedly, nearly 20 people in the locker room have uh, spoken of their disappointment regarding Bray Wyatt's release. Wyatt was well-liked backstage and viewed as one of the most creative people in the entire company. Some senior members of the roster said they felt their jobs are no longer safe. Really? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> really? You're just now getting that message, huh? Yeah. No uh, longer safe. When was it safe? The fact of the matter is WWE holds 100% of the blame for Wyatt not being this generation's Undertaker. He is, as many noted, a wildly creative star who came up with two of the most over gimmicks of his... I. I think this is, I got to say, this is revisionist history. The White family was fine. Fun out, the firehouse fun fuck was stupid. And it was it was Bruce Pritchard and it lasted five seconds. And the ultimate product of all of this horseshit is Alexa Bliss being stuck in, you know, Harley Quinn hell right now. God, that's, she honestly, man, and I, and I really hate even having to say this, but She's just hard to watch right now. I, I just, I'm sorry. And again, maybe it's not, I'm not their genre that they're, you know, pointing out. So I guess I'm supposed to say that shit, but I just, I can't, I can't watch her, man. It just, I just, ugh. While it's easy to say that Wyatt will flourish in an environment like all elite wrestling with more creative freedom, it's also possible that his high-budget ideas are only possible because of WWE's massive production budget. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. I have been, obviously, if you've seen the Katie Vick Alive Twitter, less than enthusiastic. I just don't see what everybody else sees in this guy. It was two good years, and it was seven years of bleh. I, I don't see him as being all of that creative. I don't know what the big deal is, and... I, I wish people would stop. And again, we're stacking people like Cordwood to go on essentially one program. This new show to me, this Rampage show, I don't know what it's going to be, but it feels like it's just going to be like a bullshit thing where you just wrestle and there's not going to be many angles and there's really going to be no reason to tune in. If they end up doing a SmackDown Raw kind of thing where they have separate shows competing against each other, that's the best idea and really truly split the rosters and really truly don't have cross-pollination between the shows that's going to be their best chance of survival because they got too many people on that fucking roster fire the entire dark order fire qt marshall fire long john silver fire uh, uh michael nakazawa fire all of these fucking people who don't get over sean spears needs to go i'm sorry it ain't happening bye see ya dude gotta go some of these people they just extended jake roberts why why do we need Jake Roberts on my? He wasn't even at Charlotte. He wasn't even at Dynamite the other it's, night. It's 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 preposterous. It's it's preposterous to have 150 people on a two-hour show, particularly when the young fucks are taking up 25 minutes of that show. How the hell do you get anybody over? There's not enough airtime, and there's some Domino's Pizza commercial. Well, those would be less of those. So that's more time for you to anyway. Yeah, they're, 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 it, it's dumb as shit, and I'm really tired of people like. They need to sign this guy. They need to sign this guy. They need to sign this. Well, the guy who took a shit on the third floor of the Titan Towers has just been released. God damn it, Tony Khan. Get him now. I mean, <laughs> that, 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 it's just stupid as shit for people to keep saying this stuff. I agree, man. Well, well think about this. All right. Six hours of, of wrestling the other night, and we, and it to get everybody in, right? Mm -hmm. with all the darks and all that shit still didn't see Nyla Rose still didn't see Britt Baker except for that five minute promo. Thing backstage that promo and uh there was Nakazawa didn't see him there all those people that wrestled and all yeah. three of those shows yeah I could yeah you know, I, I rattled off like three or four people right there that didn't even that wasn't even on the show that that usually we see what you know they're not like gone they're, they're still active it's dumb so i just dude i don't know man i don't there's just not enough room for all these damn people uh richard morgan fleer apparently has been released by world wrestling oh, there, he's going there too <laughs> yeah 
I say what Tony Khan, baby, write me a big check. I'll get over. Woo! <laughs> it's time we go all the wrestling boys and girls. Time to go to school. Woo! Is that is that what's gonna happen? Is he gonna right. be the new spokesman for Andrade? His take one. Even Wednesday, it's all lit dynamite. <laughs> it's Wednesday. You know what that means? It means car shield. <laughs> so Ric Flair gets reportedly from WWE, and then his daughter. Takes the Duke. She loses on Monday Night Raw to Nikki A.S.H. with a little fruit roll up there at the end, pal. You think there's correlation there, buddy? Mm-hmm. Hey, Interesting. This doesn't have anything to do with your dad leaving. But you're going to lose like a little bitch tonight. You're going to lie. She slammed Nikki through like five tables. Nikki was somehow able to... Roll up Charlotte at the end, much to Charlotte's consternation. She was very upset at that entire situation right there. Not you know happy. how she did that, right? She's almost a superhero. Almost, uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki ASS. No, no, no. I'm just not right at all. <laughs> Nikki ass. That's that's what it is. What we're going to do here is what I call a burial. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Well, your dad just fucked me. Now, I'm going to fuck Not you. like the ultimate warrior, but. <laughs> what I want you to do, Charlotte, we're going to play some cards in my basement on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> and if for some reason you pass out, I want you to drink the drink in the Vince McMahon basement. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, oh shit! The 72-year-old Flair had last appeared on WWE programming. Was featured in a storyline with Lacey Evans and his daughter Charlotte Flair earlier this year. The storyline was Lacey Evans. Yeah, hot ass about her. Yeah, she's preggers. That's right. That's right. I, I end up knocking her up. I forgot. It was terrible. Awful. I, I, I slipped one past the goalie. I slipped one past the goalie, Brian. Woo! <laughs> And let your boys, boys still swim. Woo! <laughs> and you know they swim all night long. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> so I'm listening to Cornette. Do you have, you haven't heard Cornette today, have you? No, I haven't heard him this week. During the midday break when they're doing the plugs about what's going on in the Arcadian Vanguard Network, TGBL, the great Brian Last, drops the bombshell. Uh-oh. He has cut ties with Ron Fuller's stud cast and John Aretzi's uh, res- wrestling of now and then, whatever the fuck the name of that show is, the Aretzi show on the Arcadian Vanguard Network. So he tells Why the story. Why Did he give reason? Okay. Well, he just said, you know, wish him well, and it's just in our best interest to do this. He didn't say much about Fuller, so I wonder about that one. But then that one seemed to be a real popular man. I don't very popular, and I thought, I mean, I'm a subscriber on their Patreon shit, and I've enjoyed his extra content. John Aretzi's pro wrestling spotlight then and now will no longer be with. So he starts telling the story about Aretzi from the beginning mm-hmm. when Aretzi comes to his house to have the meeting about doing the show three years ago, whenever it was. He said there was another guy that approached John Aretzi. He was a rather bulbous guy who produces garbage content. And it becomes very clear as he continues to go down the road that he's talking about Conrad. TGBL is talking about Conrad. He said, Aretzi's, you know, he's been pitched this stuff. And Aretzi said that this guy, the bulbous guy, was just upset that, that TGBL wouldn't um, return his phone calls or get involved with this convention. So it's clearly Conrad that he's talking about. So as time would go on, um, Aretzi was approached fairly recently. And he said, hey, this guy's coming back at me again. And he's got all these business ideas. He wants me to do 
uh, maybe a nationally syndicated radio show. There's something with Eric Bischoff. There's there's like all of this stuff. And TGBL goes, okay, go go talk to him. I'll give you a negotiating window. And if you go and you get paid a shit ton of money from this guy, God bless you. Well, Aretzi comes back and goes, well, we couldn't make a deal on anything, but I mean, there's nothing imminent. And Brian goes, eh, that's not going to work for me. I'm not going to continue to build you up, put all of the production time and my team's time into this shit, and you're going to go have me share time. I'm not going to do that. So we're going to we're going to cut ties right here, John. Nothing personal. I like you. You're a good guy. You're an honest guy. But I'm not going to have you know I'm not going to be torn between two lovers on this situation. And he says on the next Super 605, the Super Podcast. Ah, He's gonna ah damn you. He's going to go into way more detail about uh, all of this shit. And he said it's not cool for people to negotiate with people while they're still on one network. So we're going to get a lot more detail about Brian Last versus Conrad Thompson. I had heard from a source <laughs> that Conrad Thompson was bitching about <laughs> Brian Last even two or three years ago about, oh, he does all this stuff. and He's got all these shows. And I'm like. I said to this person, why don't you tell your friend, Bruce? Oops. Why don't you tell your friend? Why is he sweating this? Because Conrad has a hundred trillion fucking dollars in the bank. How about that? So I don't know what's going on there, but I think it's very interesting. I, I am on, for purposes of this discussion, I listen to a lot of, of Conrad's content and I enjoy pretty much all of his shows. Um, Eric Bischoff, Bischoff is completely full of shit. Bruce Pritchard is completely full of shit. The Jeff Jarrett thing is really good. The Tony Skiavon show is really good. Um, Conrad knows his stuff, but I'm on team last for this purpose. I think team, I think Brian last is very knowledgeable, a very good host. He's done a lot of good things, very smart business guy. And my, my gut tells me that John Aretzi will be coming back hat in hand, apologizing and saying he never should have gone into business. That, that is my gut feeling. You think Aretzi's going to get uh, lost in the crowd over there? Well, again, you know, ad free, and there was a guy that there was a nice ad free shows, uh, t shirt at the beginning of Raw. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Conrad's throwing a lot of money at the problem, and he's a very smart guy and does a lot of good things in the mortgage business and stuff. Um, you wonder what's going on with his father in law leaving WWE now, right? You wonder what, what that's all about. So, I'm, I, I think Brian Last is, is the guy. Um, I think he does a great job with uh, Arcadian Vanguard. The history part of it is really good. He says now that he doesn't have to put all the production time that he has to put into a Retsy show. It's the most time-sucking part of his schedule. He can start putting out 605s maybe a little bit more regular. So I'm I'm very interested to, to see the T on this situation, uh, how it played out, and what kind of crazy shit John Aretsy – I mean, John Aretzi will just, he's a nice guy, but he'll do anything and he'll believe anybody. And it's been to his detriment over the years. I think that's, that's the problem with that guy. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I didn't realize that, uh, that Conrad would want to, I don't know. They just didn't seem like Conrad would want to put time and effort into John Aretzi after doing what, all he's doing now. I mean, I'm not, no, no offense to John Aretzi. I'm just. Exactly. He's not a he's not a name in the, in the sense of all these other guys. Right, are, right, right. That's what I'm that's saying. That's what I'm saying. Any other closing thoughts on another fast paced award winning edition of Katie Vickers Alive Alive? We covered a lot of topics this week. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fast paced. No, um, no, I think I got everything in with the, the AEW stuff. I, I tried to make some mental notes about the different things like the David Crockett thing and uh, the merch table thing and and that sort of shit, but. Overall, it, it was great. I, I, I think I've had a better time at AEW Dynamite than I have at a Raw or SmackDown. Oh, sure. I would, I would say that's true. I mean, they, they are the hot promotion right now. They have a lot of momentum. There's a lot of talk. They're selling a lot of tickets. And God bless them for all that. And, but they still kind of jack themselves off, and they don't have anybody who will say no at that promotion. Um, Meltzer did have the story in saying that, hey, WWE tickets are now moving. And they're they're doing very well with the tickets after slow going when they first rolled things out. We'll see. I know Chicago they- tonight was was pretty full. I was I was trying to pay attention to the upper deck seats when they would pan around and right. stuff, you know, just to see. And they look they look pretty full, dude. So I don't I don't know. I know Chicago is a pretty hot spot anyway for for wrestling most of the time anyway. Yeah. But uh, that that's maybe a good sign for. Them. They're gonna um 
you know, the, the, there's going to be a lot of pent up demand for live events in general, whether it's concerts or whether it's this stuff. I mean, I could, I can even see somebody trying to put a circus back together, you know, after to try to do something like that. Cause there's going to be a lot of demand for this. So ride the wave as much as you possibly can, but the cost cutting over at uh, WWE, you know, the publicly traded big time, huge multi-billion dollar operation that can't figure out when people's contracts are up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you got landscaping companies with like five employees where the guy knows exactly. They got teams of motherfuckers that are supposed to be checking that shit out. Well, well, here's here's the thing, man. And you probably figured this out. We're back to seven days a week and six of those days there are wrestling shows on Mm -hmm. significant wrestling shows on Mm -hmm. six out of seven days. And then if you count pay-per-views, which are almost two or three times a month with somebody there's right. seven days, right? you know, so uh, a lot of competition going on. So I guess that has something to do with it. I, I guess, I don't know. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Actually, I don't believe that I'm not really buying into all that hype. There's some good stuff that's going over and there's some things that are very interesting, but there's also some complete bullshit going on. <laughs> well, unbelievable horseshit going on. Well, it, it, well, you know, I tried to catch ROH some this past weekend. They were they're doing the women's tournament, that women's okay. tournament they're doing. Uh, so it was, you know, it was okay. But I, I tried to catch them on Saturdays locally in our little neck of the woods here. And the only one I really, I guess, we don't really see for free is MLW. And I'd right. like to see them, but um, but damn, I don't know when I would see them if they were on where I could see them, but. But yeah, I just think though, you know, six out of seven days a week with with wrestling, and I don't know. It seems like it was like it was about ten years ago. It seems like it. All right, Bryant can be followed on Twitter and Instagram at Bryce Sports on TikTok, Stanley Jackson twenty three. Uh, the show is at Katie Vick Alive on Twitter. I am at Britt Whitmire on uh, the Twitter machine. B r i t t w h i t m i r e. It's B dub for reels on the gram. B D-U-B, number four, R-E-E-L-Z. And if you would like to support what we do, you can do that real easy. It's our Amazon store. That's katievick.com. katievick.com does not change a thing about the stuff that you're buying, but it helps us out. And until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.